about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt and oh my gosh do we have a lot to talk about the cia is hard at work (laughs) and their planted mole is really just working up a storm yeah yeah she's got to keep the voters happy the the plebs busy the the masses blind (laughs) uh we're recording this the day after the grammys yeah, yeah. Uh, the 2024 Grammy Awards, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. which I feel like was a very long, very boring ceremony, but a lot came out of it to discuss. Um, yeah. Did you watch the Absolutely whole thing? Not. <laughs> I unfortunately had to for work, <laughs> and it was a miserable experience. Yeah, it was I three and like a half hours was. long. Yeah, it's too long. It's it's boring. It's lame and well, it's weird. And it's like they only gave out nine awards during that time period. Oh, wow. So it's like, what are we doing here? Like everybody complain. I feel like the number one complaint about award shows and like with the Oscars is, oh my gosh, the Oscars are too long. They're like, we gotta cut categories. We gotta shorten it. We gotta like, <laughs> we gotta get it down. It's gotta be an hour and a half. You know, like that's what people want. And the Grammys were like. Uh, we're actually not going to give out that many awards and we're still going to keep it three and a half hours. Like they were just filling it with so much extra stuff that was completely unnecessary. Like yeah. every performance probably had like a two minute intro where the singer talked about like creating the song and sort of like what it means oh, to them and behind really? the scenes things. There was like random speeches by people who didn't matter. Like it was just so bizarre and it just like went on and on and on and on and on but within that mix of boringness there was a whole bunch of random information disseminated i feel like the number one story that everybody's talking about is that casey musgraves has a new album that's coming out yeah 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 that was announced during a commercial break yeah Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, honestly, because I was like, this is the news of our generation. Like, honestly, um, Casey Musgraves' album three? Album Album five. Album five. (laughs) But close. Close. An odd number. Yeah, I mean, she had Justified a couple of years ago, which I think we did maybe did an episode We did. It was a, yeah, it was like a visual album that she had as well. Mm -hmm. Um. And so she had like done, she had done the classic move now of like sort of revamping her Instagram um, a couple of days ago. So she should get royalties on that. Yeah. She's already rich enough. <laughs> like, was she the first one to do it? I, I mean, yes. Where she like deleted everything and then mm-hmm. it was like the snake mm-hmm. tail or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Casey Musgraves like posted these nine pictures of like her laying in the grass and everyone's like, okay, the new album's coming, which we'd sort of like heard about through the grapevine. And then in the middle of the Grammys during a commercial break, there was like a sort of visual, you know, like a bunch of scenes of her on horses and various things. And then it was like CaseyMusgraves.com. And if you went there, it's basically like all you know you can pre-order like the album and the cassette and whatever but nothing has any pictures or titles it just all says like km5 on it um (laughs) so i'm excited for that do you think she's a little sad about how that timed out do you think she knew i mean i I I don't i i yes i mean the the main story was that then taylor swift announced her new album like truly maybe 20 minutes later yeah um (laughs) Do I think Casey Musgraves is upset? I think that Casey Musgraves is not bothered by very many things in life in in general. (laughs) She is like the stoner queen, Spacey Casey. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that she is the type of person who like, 
knows that the fans she has are going to like it. They're going to listen. Like, she's not concerned about being a megastar. Like, I don't think she wants to be, like, in the general, like, top 40 pop culture. Like, I think she's perfectly fine with what she's got. it's probably a generous reading of her. But, yeah, she probably knows that the... She's probably accepted her place in the you know, the the food chain that is pop stardom. Yeah. Like, I think she is doing what she's doing, and obviously she wants to do a good job with it and, like, please her fans and stuff. And who isn't going to... Who's going to say no to, like, more money? But I don't think that she has the same, like, fame-hungry um, streak to her that other artists, you know, have. Like, yeah. I think she was sort of perfectly fine being like a country artist who not that many people knew and then she had golden hour sort of like become this surprise hit i Um, i think this is a really i mean maybe i'm just a cynic at this point but it's not like oh i stumbled into more of mainstream pop you know but she doesn't really do mainstream pop but i'm saying you're like Like, all of her stuff is country i know i know but i'm saying like she's not like some I get your point. I just think that maybe she is a little bit more excited by attention and accolades and popularity. I mean, maybe. Yes. But I think, like, you know, I mean, I don't know the music world as well as like the Oscar world and stuff. But, you know, there's, there's certain celebrities who you get the sense that like they are really here like to be more famous to get a lot of attention and then there are other celebrities who are like they like being an actor they want to do that they like making movies and when and yes they're going to do promotion and i'm sure that like yes awards and stuff matter to them but they are less concerned about like the public persona kind of thing they're more like i just like doing what i'm yeah. doing uh you know and yeah, and no, I, I respect that and she like from just like following her on instagram and stuff like i don't know she seems like a pretty like chill yeah, person yeah, yeah. Um, no for sure i i didn't yeah i didn't watch the grammys but i was like seeing things trickle in well that's not true that's not true at all i was not paying attention and ashley my Swiftish co-host is the one who was like, OMG, Taylor Swift, new album. And so I felt kind of like a fake fan or whatever. But since then, I've now dived into the Grammy night. And it was kind of a strange evening. It felt like a little bit um, predictable, but also all over the place. And um, a little messy, but also really dull. And um, I mean, I for one... <laughs> My favorite story out of it is just Miley Cyrus. Just that's the full sentence is just she seemed to be having a night of it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the <laughs> night, I mean, one, we've talked about the Grammys before and how they're like the stupidest award show yeah. ever. And it's like nobody really knows who's voting. Like, what's the criteria? Yeah. Miley Cyrus won her first two Grammys uh, last night for Flowers. And which is a song I like. And she was just like riding high, Uh, like, you know, just like saying whatever came to her mind. She was performing at one point and the audience didn't seem like into it enough. And so she was like sort of shouting at them to like get their act together. Don't pretend you don't know this song. And be more into it. You know who was into it? Um, Kylie Minogue, because the camera then <laughs> got to her and she was like really going hard. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was an odd night in general. There was like a bunch of performances um, that were all kind of like eh, whatever. Miley Cyrus's was honestly probably the most entertaining performance just because she was like going after it and also had this insane hair yeah. that was sort of like a lion's man kind of thing. I I don't it know. It's very Dolly Parton. Yeah, like, I don't know if that is something, like, if she's moving into a new period and that's, like, her hair or if it was just for the night. You know what? It's, it's, she's the only one who, who served fashion at the Grammys. Everyone was so sleepy, so dull, just, like, showing up in, like, pretty dresses or whatever. Well, Beyonce had a cowboy hat on. Okay, okay, Beyonce then, sure. But, but it's, like, the Grammys are a chance to be loud and wild it's like j-lo's dress is from the grammys so it's like 
people need to show up and be a little bit more punk, a little bit more out there. And Miley was the only one who did it. Everyone else is like, okay. Like even Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's stylist needs to go. I hate yeah. everything. <laughs> Terrible. I did not like her look at all. Like at all. I think the fabric was too heavy. It drags the eye down. She looks stocky. And then on top of it, her jewelry didn't match her hair. Like everything was a mess. I did not enjoy that at all. <laughs> no, I mean, I have been saying now for quite some time that her style has been terrible yeah, I know. in You're this right. new like era. I feel like yeah. when she was doing the folklore, like Evermore thing, and it was like the big coats and whatnot, it's like, okay, great, yeah. sure. Like, very casual. You know. Right? Yeah, like this fits sort of the theme and we're in COVID and you're wandering the woods like great. But everything since then, everything has been bad, 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 including her cheap looking costumes uh, on tour, (laughs) those party city tinsel jackets. But this, yeah, it was like, (laughs) I saw a tweet that was like um, her hair was giving, uh, like I got bored in class and gave myself a braid, which I I think was true. Like her makeup just like doesn't really work. And the her hair always looks so like rumpled. I I just, I don't understand the vision. And for somebody who is as successful as her, it's like, we should have this down to a science more than (laughs) we do. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of theories about it of her, like doing her own hair because girl loves a new hobby or like, who is her style? I don't stylist? know what it is. I really don't. I can't justify it. Um, but but she must have Taylor. a stylist. Do we oh, not she know? She definitely has a stylist. I just don't know about the hair like stylist. Because well, like during COVID, she's like, I cut my own hair. So it's like there's this like insular tendency with her where she's like, I can't go to a nail salon. And so instead of just bringing someone to my house, I guess. Like she doesn't trust people is the thing. She's She's paranoid a little bit. So she's definitely more of a uh, homebody. And so people are like, does she still cut her own hair? Like, is that why these bangs are so weird? Um, but yeah, Wait, but like somebody, I mean, the hair. hair is one thing, but like somebody picked that dress. Yeah, no, the stylist which was is just bad. He's so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, who is the stylist? Like, we have to know who that person is. We do. Are they? His name's like Jason or something. <laughs> like, like, who else does he style? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. This is your homework assignment for the next episode, okay, Shelby. Like, research. who is we'll the do, stylist? That'll be my birthday episode. Is the, How did they get yes, hired? Taylor's stylist. <laughs> because, I mean, we've discussed this before as well, but like, Anne Hathaway has a great stylist, <laughs> and I feel like it has revitalized her entire image in a way yeah. because now she goes to these fashion shows and red carpets and she's really like delivering looks. And it's, I don't think anything to do with her. I think that she just got somebody who really is like good at knowing what looks good on her and dressing her. And I'm like, that is a thing that there are people in the world who know how to do. <laughs> so, like, Taylor Swift, you're a billionaire, like, poach somebody, you know? Yeah, is Joseph Joseph Castle, and he he began in the music industry in Nashville, and then started styling um, for record labels. And oh well, that he did that right there. Kerry the, Washington it, and Marin Morris and Taylor Allison Swift. <laughs> Here's the thing: we like I would not trust anybody in Nashville to figure out fashion. <laughs> like that's like that right there is the problem. Yeah. I don't know when he, I don't know if he's also, still, he's like, I don't old. know if that was early, early, early. Yeah. No, he's, it's weird. He's like, he's like 70. No, he's not. He, I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He he's has a gray beard. Are you joking? You can't be this like Silly. People have uh, gray beards all the time. This that blue dress. That I'm now on his Instagram, and it's just like all of her ugly outfits. You know, like yeah, one yeah, after another. Rad. Yeah. This yeah. blue thing with this like weird armpit sleeves that she wore on the tour. It's like, ugh. Armpit so sleeves. Bad. What are you talking about? And then this purple sparkle dress with this giant, like, cheap-looking coat. It's ill-fitting. No, I like the tour outfits. You need to get over Her the tour. Hair, the tour is a very specific vibe. Bad. The tour is 
it, the tour is exactly what it needs to be. But her, yeah, her red carpet is less than. Um, but anyways, anyways, anyways. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift makes history. Well, first, let's just talk about the new album because she yeah. wins yeah, yeah. for. I don't remember song of the year. She won for. Uh, best like pop song of the year. Okay, it was yeah, one of the pop, pop or best pop solo performance. I don't know. It was one of the pop categories. Yeah. So it was her 13th, 13th Grammy. And um, she sort of stumbles through this album announcement where she's like, well, I want to thank the fans. And I just want to say like, I've been sitting on the secret for two years, but I have a new album coming out April 19th called um, The Tortured poets tortured wait <laughs> tortured poets department Tor- is what? that right uh, t- tortured tortured poets tortured society of tortured poets did i know no, it's not dead poet society it's tortured, tortured poets tortured poets department tortured, the tortured, tortured poets department, poets department. Tortured really poets rolls department. off tortured the tongue poets department tortured poets department um tpd for yeah. short TPT um, out April 19th. And <clears throat> it's like, it's interesting timing because people thought she would announce rep- reputation, the Taylor's version tonight, because she changed her profile picture to black and white, which is the aesthetic of reputation. And then her website crashed like halfway through the day and had like a bunch of weird like coding, which of course Swifties dived into and realized it was like, I don't know. It was like linked to some, oh, it was like a code for when a fax machine can't connect to a phone number. And they're like, oh, Taylor Swift can't come to the phone right now. And then she shows up in a black and white gown and people were like, oh my gosh, it's definitely reputation. She has like jewels around her neck, like the bathtub and look what you made me do. So it really was reminiscent of two years ago when she showed up to the Grammys in her diamond crusted dress, which was a more fun look and honestly something she should go back to. Um, And people were like, oh, Reputation TV is coming out. And so it's interesting that there's now this pattern where she announces, she does two re-recordings, you know, in 2021 or 20, yeah, she did Fearless and Red. And then she did Midnight's. And then between Midnight's, she did 1989 and Speak Now. And now she's at the Grammys again, and she announces a completely new album, The Tortured Poets Department. Because she still has... She has two more to go. Reputation and the self-titled album? Yeah, self-titled. Yeah. Yeah. So people were wrong about this being the reputation um, announcement and instead we get this complete plot twist of an entire new album which um yeah like i said it makes sense when you think about it but it is also strange that this whole year she'll be touring and so people are like well if this follows like i don't know if we'll get when we'll get like a re-recording like maybe in the fall i guess but it sounds like it'll all be focused on this new album It'll be interesting to see how that adds or ends up in tour. Um, I don't remember like what Harry Styles did, like if he added new songs or if it was just the same set. Yeah, I don't know. It is sort of confusing on that front of like, okay, you have the Eras tour that's ongoing. Um, are you yeah, going to add the new songs to it or sort of rework stuff or just be like, oh, no, that's like a completely separate tour that's going to be coming down the pipeline at some point um and then yeah like when do you release these other two albums that you're just sort of like sitting on and i feel like the the interesting thing for me is that theoretically like she's making money off of the taylor's versions that she's Mm -hmm. not making off of the original versions so like in my mind i would want to release the taylor's versions like sort of as quickly as possible yeah so that way you're like collecting that stream of income and sort of cutting off the other one um where you know if you wait another two years or whatnot that's like another two years worth of reputation money that you're not getting um i mean obviously she's getting so many but you know uh 
so it's interesting to me that she's like holding off of that and, you know, making more music. But obviously she likes making music a lot. Yeah. And so I feel like she just like, you know, constantly has more songs that she wants yeah. to <laughs> write. And she's not very good at um, editing, I would say. <sighs> Yeah, no, you know. she, yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, because this album she announced has 16 tracks, which is a pretty big album. Um, I mean, all of her albums are big. Yes, yeah. And that's 16 and, tracks, yeah. and I'm sure that there will be a bonus track mm-hmm. and a hidden track mm-hmm. and a this and a that and, you know, whatever yeah. else. But it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of a new idea. Like, it does feel more reminiscent of, like, folklore and Evermore in the vibes and sort of this artistic like calling it something like this is so wild it feels very much like indie album 101 um and then you also have the fact that she emphasizes like oh i've been sitting on the secret for two years which doesn't make sense and i think we all have to acknowledge that she's an unreliable narrator but it does tie into the idea that she also wrote You're Losing Me, which is her sort of Joe Alwyn breakup track, supposedly two years ago, which um, if you remember, um, what's his name? Joe Alwyn? No. um, Jack Antonoff. Jack Antonoff stirred the pot by being like, oh, we wrote this on December 20th, 2021. And everyone was like, oh, so they were... They were broken up before, like even Midnight's came out, and everyone's like in a tailspin about what that relationship was like, what it meant, and so people are assuming that this is going to be a lot of like it's going to be a breakup album, like it's going to be about it's going to have a lot of <laughs> shade tracks, and people also quickly remembered that Joe Alwyn, in his um, normal people or whatever he did, Confessions of a sad man what was that oh <laughs> um Rooney. uh yes uh what is that uh conversations conversations with friends, with friends. he and uh, he admitted that him and his co-stars had a group chat called the tortured man club and so people are like oh this title is already like you know throwing shade at this at this like joe alwyn joke and like it's just gonna be messy and the fact that she's emphasizing it was two years ago will just add to this sort of like F you Joe Alwyn um, narrative. So I don't know. They actually break up. No, there's no, there's nothing to say about that. Right. There's no proof. It's all just like, right. But when did they announce they broke up a year ago? They broke up. Yeah. Last year at the start of tour. So like in March, April or something. Um, I imagine it was just like a messy sort of stumbling to the end so they weren't doing well she's mad about it they stay together and then they decide to make it official or whatever i mean the thing is when she says like oh i've been sitting on this secret for two years my reading of that is like oh she started working on this album two years ago not like the album was finished two years ago and she's just been like hanging out waiting around i know i know but it's just it's it's stirring the pot she's a shit stirrer and that's for better or worse. Like, I love the drama and she brings it, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And I feel like the the vibe of the album, to me, it look, is giving, like, Lana Del Rey energy, mm, which yeah. I think then nicely segues into the second part of the evening, yeah. which I think was more controversial. Yeah. I, so, so, I mean, I feel like I am perhaps, like, an unreliable uh person on this because like the people I follow on social media are you know sort of of one bent perhaps so I'm not getting as much like Swifty content as you are getting but I feel like so she wins the first award she goes up she gets her Grammy she announces this album then she posts the artwork like I saw a lot of people on Instagram you know like reposting the cover like oh my gosh like new Taylor Swift music so excited Ah." then and and at the beginning of the night, they had set up that if Taylor Swift won album of the year this year, that she would be the first person ever to win it four times. Um, You know, and everybody was sort of like, oh, wow, like groundbreaking. But then as the night went on, I feel like in my mind, it was like, oh, Midnight's wasn't 
that well regarded of an album for mm. Taylor Swift. Like, I think most of her fans would say that it's like middle of the pack. Um, it it's not necessarily like groundbreaking in a certain way of like like sort of like what's the theme of it necessarily like what's yeah. the sound of it. It sort of feels like a version of something that she's maybe done before. And SZA won a bunch of other awards, um, you know, sort of like in the non like leading categories. And then Miley Cyrus won two awards. Um, So I feel like coming into the album of the year, I was sort of like, okay, it's probably either going to be SZA or Miley who wins this. Um, And then the general... Yeah. Right. And then they announced that it's Taylor Swift. Yeah. And you can sense like almost immediately in the room as they're cutting to other people (laughs) that there is like a, uh, like a certain level of like kind of frustration or annoyance (laughs) that's going on like there's not sort of the exuberance in the in the crowd shots that you saw when like let's say um oh what's the girl who won um best new artist um uh i can't remember what i can't remember what her name is let me look that up but um oh uh victoria monet oh yeah yeah, um, she won. Or like when SZA won and was in the bathroom or was doing a shot backstage and had to like run out. Like there were moments that were like high exuberance for like everybody. Yeah. And this was just like not it. And so she is, Taylor Swift stands up and she's like, you know, she's like hugging Jack Antonoff. She's at a table with Lana Del Rey, who she's friends with. But also Lana Del Rey was also nominated in the same category and obviously just lost to Taylor Swift. Mm. And Taylor is like, like grabs Lana and is like trying to drag Lana on the stage. And you can tell that Lana Del Rey like does not want to go up on the stage and is like, wants to stay at her seat. But Taylor Swift is like sort of like yanking her and like dragging her the entire way up there. Finally, they get to the stage and somehow or another, like Taylor Swift's like other people from her group must have like come up on the stage the other direction so she's like running around hugging them sort of like just like running around the stage in a very like chaotic group jack antonoff is there lana del rey is sort of like trying to stand off to the corner and the the thing i guess they didn't set up is that they didn't announce who was going to present this award until the end of the show so like the whole night they're like and a big industry star is going to present album of the year but it's like we didn't know who that was and then they announce oh it's celine dion who not only is a legend but also is like recovering from a very serious health battle and like hasn't been seen in public for a while so she comes out she's the one who presents the award and so she's standing there with taylor swift's grammy and taylor swift like in a in a move that's almost sort of like impossible to describe unless you're watching it, like manages to pluck the Grammy out of Celine Dion's hand without even like looking at Celine Dion like she's standing. Like she just like grabs it in like a spin type of thing. Yeah. Um and then, you know, gives this speech about I you know, whatever. Um, sort of like irrelevant. Um but uh, and then and then it's the end of the show. But on Twitter, at least on my Twitter, people were furious. One, that she had won for a fourth time and like that they felt that that was undeserved. But also they were mad that they that she dragged Lana Del Rey up on stage when she clearly didn't want to be there. And then two, that she sort of like just did paid no attention to Celine Dion, did not like hug her, did not greet her, did not thank her in the speech. And this was in comparison to other people earlier in the night, like when Miley won for the first time, she really gushed over Mariah Carey giving her the award. SZA was talking about Lizzo giving her what, like there was a lot of those kind of moments where they have these like big presenters and then the star who wins, like, you know, acknowledges them in some way. And so like that was immediately a thing on Twitter. Then like maybe 15 minutes later, there's like this picture that's posted of um, Taylor Swift and Celine Dion backstage. Um, But I expected to then go on Instagram and see a lot of people who had been posting about the new album, also posting about how great it was that she won album of the year for the fourth time. Mm. And I kid you not, I did not see a single person posting about that. And I was like, huh? Well, they're that- all distracted. 
Well, I'm like, yes, but also I'm like, that is, I feel like even the people who love Taylor Swift are sort of like, yeah, maybe like this didn't deserve to happen. This also in the middle of the show, Jay-Z won a like honorary Oscar. And in his speech, he sort of like went on a tangent against the Recording Academy and was like, how come... um, Beyonce has won more Grammys than anybody else, but has never won album of the year. Like, you know, there's sort of like institutional racism going on. Uh, So, so it was just like, not necessarily a great move for Taylor Swift. Can I I jump in? Oh yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So yeah, I saw a lot of this too. Cause once the album was out, I was checking Twitter and then that happened right around the same time as her winning this fourth one. And I agree. Like, I think, it was a surprise, like honestly, to her as well, um, for whatever reason. But I also feel like it was kind of a weak year. Like it wasn't like there was another front runner. Like I think about Adele versus Beyonce for Lemonade, or even like Renaissance versus Harry's House. Like there was a lot of conversation around those albums, whereas. I don't even like what was nominated. You said Lana Del Rey was nominated for best album. Yeah. Um, and Sizzle. like Olivia Rodrigo, I guess probably. Yeah. Olivia Rodrigo was, um, let me pull up the list for album of the year. Um, John Batiste, Boy Genius, mm. Miley Cyrus, Lana yeah. Del Rey, Janelle Monet, Olivia Rodrigo and SZA. Yeah. Yeah. And like, obviously, I agree. Like the Grammys is a hot mess and we've always talked about that. And I think especially when you have a star like Beyonce just being, you know, it's like the obvious choice was Lemonade. Like Lemonade redefined everything. And like it was such a huge piece of art on like every metric you can imagine. And so it's like, there is an obvious issue with the Grammys. And I think everyone agrees. Like the Grammys <laughs> are meaningless. But it is probably also frustrating to be anyone trying to break into the industry and face off against Taylor Swift, which is probably why when she announced her album, most of the pop girlies were like, four smiles, like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Like they can't catch a break type thing. And so I do feel like it was kind of a, like if you look at the lineup, it seemed obvious knowing who the Grammys are and what they tend to do, which is go for the like fan favorite sort of like big name wins um, as long as they're white. <laughs> and so I feel like we should have seen it coming, but it is just annoying to continually be kind of disappointed and like celebrating, you know, mid mid art, even for the artists they're they're. Um, promoting because yeah Midnight's was like fine Midnight's I think that's why you didn't see people like gushing about it is because one they don't they don't I don't know I think I think they just don't necessarily care because at this point it doesn't matter like Taylor Swift is still top of the you know like top of the heap like she's still obviously making music she's she's destroying the competition she's making all the money and so it's almost like that is the less remarkable news of the year of the night is that she won a grammy again because it's like old news at this point you know what i mean yeah i guess my sort of just takeaway was i felt like in her winning this i sensed online and like sure i'm I don't follow like Taylor Swift stan accounts or whatever, but I feel like I follow like a pretty broad spectrum of pop culture people. And it just seemed like there was a lot of uh, like kind of negativity in the mm. air that I haven't seen for Taylor Swift in a bit. And it was giving oh, yeah. me sort of like pre uh the kim kardashian call um yeah, it's very much energy a bit yeah. and i was like huh this <laughs> the fact that she's i feel like already sort of at overexposure there's all the football stuff there's you know this there's now the fact that she has a new album there's all of the arrows to her things i'm like eh, i'm like i if i were her 
I would be playing things like very carefully because I feel like she's teetering on the edge no. of some backlash. I think the difference is now is that in twenty in twenty sixteen at the end of nineteen eighty nine, there was overexposure, and yes, that was true of industry insiders as well. They were sick of her, but the difference was there were so many plebs, right? Like just average Joes who were like, I hate this person for this reason. Like, I can't put my finger on it, but she annoys the crap out of me. Like the half the haters type of vibe. And that completely destroyed, it took the rug out from under her. Whereas now I think the average person is more likely to like Taylor Swift and more likely not to pay attention to the noise or the like irritations because I don't know, it's like cool to like her again or whatever. Whereas the industry people and the insiders are the ones who are more like spent out of the like Taylor mania. And I think you, I mean, yeah, like look at, she broke her own website with pre-sales. She already has more pre-sales for this album than she had for Midnight's. Like she continues to outdo herself on the general public like popularity for what she's turning out. Whereas anyone who's in the industry or has talked about the industry or like you and I have felt like, oh, wow, this here we go again. But I don't think she has any chance of of like fading out in the same way. Like there's not going to be a turning on her because like look at her last year. Like she she's had every chance to piss people off, i.e. me in her silence or performativeness or her, I I don't know, like continual jet usage or, you know, jumping from boyfriend to boyfriend, whatever it is. But she's still like kicking ass on the professional front. So it's like the fans are there. Like, I don't think that she's going to like be going away or whatever, but I think the public is very finicky and sort of, you know, you said that, oh, it's like really cool to like her at the moment. Like it's very, like she's very popular, you know, going to the era's tour and everything. It's like such a signifier. And I, I just always go back to the Katy Perry situation and how she went from, you know, an album that had more number ones than, any album like ever and then somehow or another within the span of a couple of months like had completely become a sort of laughing stock and it never recovered and i don't have bad music well right well that's i mean i that's i'm not saying that that's exactly is going to happen to taylor swift because i don't think that will but i am just sort of watching the situation yeah. <laughs> and gauging it and i and i can see some potential storms a brewing and you know i'm i'm interested to see how it goes this new album yeah it's like i think that we are in a position where sure it, like yes it could be absolutely fantastic and people could love it but i could also see something where it's like not necessarily as good or has some issues and that people are more sort of like keen on pointing those out than perhaps they have been for like this past album yeah Um, i mean misogyny is a hell of a drug you know like well i don't necessarily think it's misogyny well as a society we love to tear women down when they get too popular like that's just a thing and i'm not saying like poor taylor i'm just saying that's a pattern and it's like we can't take that out of the equation like Sure, people I mean, might yes. have their reasons, but for instance, all this drama of like she didn't even thank Celine Dion is sort of like manufactured shade because to your point, she very quickly like they have a relationship enough where they like like it's just like to me, yeah, it was awkward. I feel like Taylor is a star at a certain caliber where she maybe does have serious blinders on and you know, her ego is being fed in a way that's probably it, just like brain numbing but it's also like she was there she was excited to see Celine Dion she was cheering her on she was applauding her and then got swept up in her award or whatever and it's like that's not the most interesting that's not the most frustrating thing about Taylor Swift is her breezing past Celine Dion in the heat of the moment and also the Lana Del Rey thing I mean she spent most of her acceptance speech being like Lana Del Rey is an inspiration and like she's a legacy artist and she's been the inspiration for so many female artists 
And so it was like a celebratory thing to have her on stage as part of the Midnight's album, no matter how small. And like, maybe Lana was uncomfortable with, maybe she was just like, don't, you know, we don't know. I, for one, didn't read it as like, oh, Lana Del Rey didn't want to be there because she was like mourning her loss of reward and like Taylor was just snowballing her to get up there, like bulldozing her to get up there. I don't know. Like it's like everyone's going to be like nitpicking everything. But I think in general, like (laughs) again, I I don't think like I – I'm not necessarily as interested in this and from a like was Taylor actually like right or was she wrong in her to do things. Yeah. But so much as like the if this had taken place a year ago or two years ago, like I don't know if anybody would have pointed any of those things out or cared. You know, if Miley Cyrus got up on stage and didn't thank Mariah Carey, like I don't like I don't think that the internet would have thought much about it. I think that there just are a lot of people who are tired of Taylor Swift yeah, and are yeah. now looking for things right. um, where they weren't necessarily before. Um, yeah. And that's and- a symptom of, <laughs> I think that's a symptom of, it's the same pattern. It's, it's someone decides, Oh, I'm looking for something to not like about this person because she's in over, she's too big for her britches. She's too popular. She's annoying. She's white, you know, like whatever it is, there's this pattern of like, looking yeah, for something yes uh, but i think that that comes from like two different directions where i do think that there is sort of like a punch down kind of thing which i think is more of what happened with like Anne hathaway and even what happened with taylor like the first time where it's somebody sort of like on their way up and this you know sort of like broy group of people are like no like she's actually like sucks because she's a woman kind of a thing and then i think there's a second level that's like punching from below that's more of like a uh like why is this person getting all of the success rather than these other people who are being like overlooked and so i mean like yes i think there's like a confluence of the two but I don't necessarily think that people who like the people who I saw on Twitter who were mostly going who were going after Taylor Swift mostly were a lot of minority people, not necessarily like a lot of, uh, you know, like the ringer writers. Um, well, yeah, but to be clear, you don't have to be a white man to be misogynistic or to be we're all a part of the system. Right. And the patriarchal grasp on society means that there are these patterns we have to recognize that uh, yes but i don't think that that's the only thing at play here right i think yeah, that but it's also not like it's not like people were like sizza deserves this award i'm mad at the grammys for giving it to taylor taylor didn't deserve this award because i'm a sizza stan it's people like you said tending towards wanting to see someone fail and i think that's the wrong motivation rather than thinking someone else deserved it more. Well, I I saw a lot of stuff about SZA, at least on my timeline. There was a lot about about how, like, Lauren Hill was the last black woman to win album of the year, which was in the 90s, I think. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Um, I agree. I absolutely agree. The Grammys are a joke, and it's unfortunate that People, minority people have to work so much harder to get any sort of recognition in the right categories. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I'm hesitant to say there's a trend growing um, to like, whatever. Like, honestly, <laughs> I started this call expecting to be like, I'm kind of like, I'm disinterested in Taylor Swift as a person at this point. Like, I, I'm excited for the new album, but I really don't. I found myself exhausted by the way the fans were sort of like going into protective mode because I think it's overblown. I think she's in a completely fine spot and will be fine unless she manages to pull out the worst album of her life. But like you said, Midnight's is a pretty mid album in her discography and she's still, it was still very, you know, successful on the like front end of you know, number one hits and 
um, selling albums. And then obviously with the award accolades, I don't know if she'll get a fifth album of the year. I think that'd be a little bit silly unless she completely, (laughs) I don't know, blows everyone out of the water. But I think it's just, you know, at this point, you're that big and you have haters. But I also think it's like her haters are louder now, but her fans are the ones who are still buying NFL tickets to like see her and throwing Super Bowl parties to like tease their husbands about it, you know? Oh, yeah. No. I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I just feel like I noticed a sort of like shift in energy last night and I'm like, okay, let me like as the months unfold, let's (laughs) see what happens with that. Not that anything should or will, but just like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that was the Grammys and Taylor Swift. (laughs) I'm like, was there anything else Taylor Swift related or (laughs) Grammys related that we didn't touch on? No, I mean... No, I'm just exhausted by the Easter egg hunt already. And it just seems wild. Yeah. And I, but I do think that is also another aspect of this of like, I think that there is a decent percentage of dislike for Taylor Swift that doesn't even come from Taylor Swift herself so much as that it comes for people disliking her fans. (laughs) Um, Like I honestly, like I honestly think that that is a big contributing factor like if she was just you know off doing her own thing and uh, and you know creating music and people were listening to it I think people would be like okay sure you know whatever but it's like her fans are so like over the top that I think that is frustrating in a different sort of way um but anyways uh should we get into love it or hate it yeah well I want to talk about Justin Timberlake (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh god. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Speaking of like losers who should who deserve our ire. Well, yeah. I mean, and <laughs> and I feel like he is also uh like He's digging his hole. Yeah, I further, mean further. the moment has passed on him and I'm like, "Sorry, sir, you will not be returning." Yeah. Like the comeback will not be happening. Yeah. Cuz you talked about it last week where he has a new album, a new song and um Britney Spears was even like, oh, I, w- I want to apologize if I offended people in my book. Like, I'm sorry. And also non-related, but like maybe related. I love Justin Timberlake's new song. It's so good. And everyone's like, Britney, why are you apologizing to this man? You don't need to. Like, whatever. You're the bigger person. Justin Timberlake takes this little laurel of, you know, good faith and decides, oh, yeah, my album's not doing well. I was, you know, everyone's talking shit about me. I think the thing I should do is what I've always done. And he shows up at his concert and he says, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely effing nobody. And then he sings Cry Me a River. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He wants to be the main villain so bad. And you know what? It's working. It's absolutely disgusting. It's like, (laughs) it, it has the energy of like... I don't even know who, like, um, you know, kind of like a Dave Chappelle kind of a yeah. thing almost where it's like, or like JK Rowling where it's sort of like, I'm going to lean further into yes. this rather than like away. I mean, I think like back when the Britney Spears sort of backlash started to happen to him, he did like release, you know, some sort yeah, of like bland sort of precursor apology. apology. Yeah. But like nothing legitimate really. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think I can't remember if he made a statement at all about the book, but the um, but yeah, it's just he, I think has yeah become a villain, and I'm sure that there are people who will be fans of her, of his and continue to be fans of his, as all of these sort of like villainous figures do, but. I think that he is, uh, yeah, like he will not be making a comeback. And I honestly feel like his behavior is so bad that I don't even think like, an, well, I mean, he already tried the sync reunion slightly, yeah. but I think like even an sync like reunion tour would be tainted in a way now that I don't think it necessarily would have been before. Like, I mean, obviously yeah. it would still do well and I'm sure people would go to it, but like I would have been very excited to go to an sync tour you know, two years ago where I feel like now I would be a like not going at all to a very like 
tepid <laughs> response. Yeah. Um, no, even yeah, Britney but, Spears came out and was like, oh, I hear someone's talking like shit about me. Are you going to bring it to the court or are you going to go cry home, crying to your mom like you did last time? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love. <laughs> Yeah, it just feels like a little baby temper tantrum where he realized his album isn't going to do well. His like return to good graces isn't going to go well. So he's like, fine, fuck it. I'm just going to be a dick. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there is a moment where you realize like, oh, wait, I'm well, I think he's always used to he's used to have he is used to being popular and well-liked and he has always had that throughout his entire career where people were going for him. And I think now he's hit some adversity and like truly does not know how to handle that. Yeah. Um, especially because it's about sort of his behavior, not like, Oh, he had an album that was bad or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I do think that not that this situation is similar to Taylor Swift at all, but there is a, there is like the kind of like, I remember reading an article about this where it was talking about like, cultural badges of sort of like there are things that you like that you use to sort of like signify things about yourself to other people you know it's like if you go to starbucks a lot that sort of and you know you post about it or you are always carrying a starbucks cup like that sort of signifies oh you're a specific type of person which Mm -hmm. i think is why like you know the stanley cups and whatever do well and and there's just so many of those things and i think especially in the age of social media you know, peep, you can post things about artists that you like and whatnot, and that really says a lot about you to other people. And I think that once an artist sort of falls into a pit of like, ooh, it's a bad look to be posting about this person, it's really like the kiss of death for them. <laughs> and with Justin Timberlake, it's like, I would not be caught dead <laughs> posting that I was listening to Justin Timberlake, even if I liked his song, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you just like can't do that. And I think that, <laughs> yeah, once you get into that space, it's like a no-go. And right now, Taylor Swift is objectively not in that space. She's in a place where it's like really if you post about Taylor Swift, you know, other people will like that. But, you know, it's like, you never know. You never know. (laughs) You never know. Okay, well, speaking of love it or hate it, um, I wanted to come to the audience, come to our our family, to the Pissers um, Mm -hmm. Poet Society, and uh, admit that I started watching The Traitors. Ah, yes! I listened to you. Let the record show. I gave your stuff a chance. I don't know Thank why you. it's, you know, quote unquote, gay culture, but it is a fun show. It's it's a fun show. Everyone, like, honestly, I don't know how we do an episode about it, per se, because once it's over, it's over. I feel like mm-hmm. the more interesting stuff is talking about it as it unfolds. Yes. Um. So, yeah, it's been fun. I think it takes a little bit to, like, embrace the... For me to embrace the camp that is Alan Cummings, I think there's just, it comes on really strong, really fast. <laughs> I think that some of that is like, because you haven't watched the first season, no, right? No, I have not. So the first season, I think it was like more low key mm. and then ev- and his outfits and everything were like a little bit more chill and people just liked it so much yeah, yeah, that I in the second that. season, it like is fully over the top the entire time yeah because now it's like fun to see him having fun and um it's i don't know any of these people because i don't watch a lot of these reality shows like obviously i know peter weber but like i never watched big brother the challenge like very little survivor so i don't know them but i think that's kind of fun because they're just big personalities and i think that's a good way like i've never liked those sort of shows where it's like get get C-list celebrities on here to talk about their marriages or have them do like physical challenges with the, <laughs> with the SWAT teams. Um, but this is fun because it's just them having to communicate with one another and they're all so bad at it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just all Dan the bickering. So and the... Dan is, speaking of misogyny, freaking Dan, number one on my list, he's a total misogynist, like absolutely absolutely insane how he completely disregarded what Parvati was saying and then and then threw Phaedra under the bus. Ugh. 
I swear I could write a treatise about how Dan is just the worst kind of white dude. Uh, yeah, the the problem with some of these people is that, and I think like you saw this a little bit with Janelle too, that they are touted from their original show as being like some of the best players ever. Mm. And it's like how much of it was being smart versus how much of it was luck versus how much of it was like that you were playing against people who weren't very good. Um, But I think that they come into this really thinking that they are hot shit <laughs> and then realize that one, it's like a different game, but also that the people that they're playing against are also savvy in their own right. way that they are just like completely underestimating. Like, I think everybody thinks that the housewives are going to be bad because, you know, it's like, oh, they're not smart. They just, you know, go to yeah. brunches and yell at each other. And it's like, no, I think that that just takes an entirely different group of skills which are maybe better suited to the traders because on both seasons now the bravo people have done way better than the like uh more strategic yeah, type people it's just about relationships it's just about yeah i think it's absolutely insane that people are like i was good at survivor so i'm gonna be good at this and it's like well it's a totally different gameplay and it's all about navigating interpersonal dynamics so yeah Dan can suck it, but <laughs> I'm happy to see my boy Peter doing so much better at this than giving out roses. I know. Well, that's the crazy thing is that you watch some of these people on other shows and you're like, like some like Larsa, the housewife. It's like terrible on her show. And then she gets on this and you're like, wait, I'm like somehow rooting for this woman and like really into it. And oh, that's it's the insane. same with Peter. I feel like he was so annoying on the bachelor and then here he is and i'm like yeah get him peter like go yeah. for it <laughs> yeah yeah Dan was um, so dumb in that last episode we'll have to take it offline and talk about it because yes yes well i mean i'm coming to visit you so we'll get yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. it you know live and in person in just a few days Perfect. um so for my love it or hate it i was like really i've watched nothing in the past week like well <laughs> i've watched things but like stuff that's not yeah, out please. yet or whatever yeah. um and I've watched Argyle, which we're doing our episode on this week. So I was like, what am I going to talk about? And I, like, I'm not finished with the book I'm reading or whatever. So, but I did buy concert tickets this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> for this guy, I guess, Novo Amor. Um, he is a Scandinavian sort of like singer, musician type person. And I don't even know how I stumbled upon him. But I have been obsessed and he's finally coming to Brooklyn Steel this September. And so I bought tickets for him. Um, his it's he's sort of like a uh, like, I don't know, maybe like a male, like slightly moodier, like Maggie Rogers kind of energy. Like it's his music sort of just like is good, like background music and like while you're doing stuff. Um, but he has this album called Cannot Be Whatsoever that is just fantastic. And I've been listening to it for months now. And he was one of my top artists on Spotify this year. And he just released like a new EP that has a couple songs on it that's really good. Um, but yeah, I love him. And I bought concert tickets to see him. And I went to his Instagram page and only one other person who I follow follows him. And so me and one of my friend's boyfriends got tickets to go see him together because we're the only people who know his music. So this is your signal to go listen to him because he's great. Okay, perfect. I don't know. I already took one recommendation from you and I don't know if I can really commit to more than that. Yeah, can stomach another one? <laughs> I mean, I don't. I feel like he would be sort of hard to dislike, but I could see you being like, oh, it's just sort of like bland background music i don't know why he like really does it for me somehow yeah, yeah. well but perfect i will i'll add that to the list this might be our longest pop culture run i know ever. It, nearly an hour wear. now we're adding to the taylor hate everyone's gonna be like oh my gosh she's ruining these pop culture runs. <laughs> i mean hey anything i can do to get rid of her i'm <laughs> down for you know yeah well Happy to contribute. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you that definition of misogyny going forward. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I feel like it's okay, I it's okay. famously love women. So not in yeah, a romantic yeah. or sexual sense, but yeah, in I every other sense. I mean, all the time in all places and all things. But I'll, you know, I'll break that down for you. There's, I'll, I'll there is one, there's one thing that Taylor Swift could do to really get me back on her side, and that is to come out as lesbian. So, you know, it's like she has so. the card to play. She yeah. just needs to yeah. <laughs> stop pretending to date football players. Maybe that'll be the main um, feature of the poet's the poets de- that's true the department of tortured poetic. poets to- yeah. <laughs> tortured lesbian poets perfect april 19th mm. okay mm. well we'll be back on thursday to discuss argyle um <laughs> which could be a Absolutely. also long episode yeah. <laughs> um there's lots on back there but until then thank you for listening and we'll see you guys on thursday bye <laughs>